All right. Well, welcome to another episode of the Kenny and Co show where I am literally, but figuratively, but literally dying, dying. I have been struck with the plague. I've been needing to record this podcast since yesterday, but instead I've just been building strength in the meantime to do that. Thank God, whatever this virus is, has not like attacked my brain because my brain and motor skills, to be fair, are like at a six. They're not like at a 10 where they normally are, but at a six. So I'll take it. And I'm trying to be so freaking consistent with these podcasts that I am flexing a muscle that is out of my comfort zone, doing something when I don't actually feel like doing it, but knowing that deep down I want to, I'm very proud of myself right now. I'm not sure if I'll get through this whole thing or you'll even listen to the entire thing with me and my nasal voice, but we're going to get into it. I have been struck with the plague, not the plague, the known plague, this, this anonymous mystery virus that is just perpetrating people all over. I had friends giving, as you know, at my house the Saturday after Thanksgiving and every single one of us is sick. Every single one of us. It was like dominoes falling. On Monday, it started with Tim, a couple of my other friends. Then Tuesday, it was a couple more. Then Wednesday, I started not feeling so hot. And here we are. So if you're listening to this and you're not sick, most of you listening to this just got over being sick. I can almost guarantee it. If you are not sick yet, by the time you listen to this, by the time you get off of this podcast, I can almost guarantee you will have a sniffle. I'm not wishing that upon you. I don't want that for anybody, but I can almost guarantee it at this point. It is incredible how everybody I know and talk to is sick right now. It is wild. It is a nondescript virus. I don't like that. I like to, to name something, to know what I'm up against, but this is not quite the flu, not quite the vid, and definitely not a common cold. I had a fever yesterday. Like I cannot even describe. There was a moment there I thought I needed to be rushed to the emergency room. I just didn't have it in me to go. That's when you know it's bad. (laughs) You're like, I probably should go seek professional help at this point, but I just don't have it in me to go. So I'm just going to lay here and forget to breathe until I hopefully wake up the next morning. It was wild, but we're feeling, I wish I could say that we're feeling better. If I'm sitting and not moving, I feel like a five out of six, five out of six, (laughs) maybe a five out of 10. But if I'm up moving around, I can't stand for more than 30 seconds. I am winded shifting my body on the couch. It's like at that level. So I'm really hoping tomorrow I just wake up and I'm like totally cured and not even thinking twice about this. Also, as a complete aside, I'm fairly certain that my computer is being hacked. I hear this like strange telephone blip every once in a while. And then like my volume doesn't work at times. My Spotify was hacked a couple, well, like last year, and I found like five people on my family plan that I didn't know. And then my iHeartRadio, like who hacks iHeartRadio? I use iHeartRadio to listen to like radio stations that like don't come in over here. Like who does that? Who hacks an iHeartRadio? And it's weird. It'll play like trippy trance music and it's really weird. I don't know if it's just me or this is like a normal thing. It's like what hackers do. They just try to like fuck with you but that's what's happening. So I have that to deal with at another time when I have more strength than I do right now. But what I have been doing, which doesn't really feel productive, but I am able to catch up on all the shows that I've been wanting to watch. And we started earlier in the week and I clicked 
start on a random show. It was a suggestion from Netflix. It was a number two trending show. It's called 1899. If you've watched it, you know what I'm about to say. If you haven't, I don't know if this is a spoiler alert, but what the fuck? What happened? What is it about? I spent eight hours of my life watching it. And to be fair, I was entertained. I just can't say that I understand what the hell happened. So if you've watched it, maybe slide into my DMs. There has to be like a deeper meaning. There's a lot of symbolism. And it was like kind of like screwing with me because after I started watching the show, I started seeing the symbol other places. You know when that happens? And you're like, oh my God, we are in a simulation. This is the Truman Show. Those are the vibes. That's like kind of the vibe that the show is about. So if you've watched it, you know. If you haven't watched it, would I suggest it? If you've got eight hours to kill, but who has eight hours to kill? I didn't. I wasted eight hours. I mean, I probably could have read a synopsis and been just as entertained because I kept like waiting for like the thing to drop, like the, to be like, oh, that makes so much sense. Me and Tim were like waiting for that moment and it never really comes. It's like a lot of buildup with not a lot of return. So TBD on that one at your own risk. Watch it if you feel like just getting lost in a weird storyline, but the acting was great. I thought acting was great. The set was great. The concept, very interesting. I feel like you probably should have an edible or something. There should be something there while you're watching it because I feel like that's what it feels like. And I think that's the point. You know, at the end of every episode, they play like um like a psychedelic classic rock song. So I think that that's what I was picking up, that they were like trying to in- infer that there was like some psychedelic, psychiatric, psycho something happening there. But I can't say that it was like a poignant piece. Maybe it's one of those that like takes a couple days to marinate and then you'll be like, oh, I get it. I get it. But it is confusing. But I am confused right now. So it was fine. But the other show that we just started was White Lotus. And I am very happy because it takes place in Sicily this season. It's season two, completely different set, different characters, except for the ever amazing Jennifer Coolidge, who is just as good in the second season as she's in the first. She's just a wild time, a loose cannon. She's hysterical. She makes you like belly laugh just by being herself. Jennifer Coolidge is one of those like unsung heroes of Hollywood. And I think, you know, she's having a renaissance moment. She's having her comeback, which just proves that it ain't over till it's over. So if you feel like your time has passed or you haven't accomplished your dreams yet, like you got time. Jennifer Coolidge is like having one of the best moments of her career. And she's probably, what is she in her late, late fifth, mid, we'll go, we'll go mid fifties. I think she's a mid fifties, right? I feel like she's been around forever. I don't even, I think she's like ageless. How old was she in Legally Blonde? Best in show. I don't know. I should probably look that up beforehand. But White Lotus, I feel like I very much relate to the season. They're in Sicily. Chris Imperiali is in this season, which is incredible. Um, and he is, I'm not giving any spoiler alerts or I'm not giving any spoilers out, but he is in Sicily with his father and his son. And they're like on a, on a pilgrimage back to the old country. And I love that so much because me and Tim have talked about that like endlessly about going to Sicily and, you know, going back to our roots, you know, finding our people because, a while back, Tim's family did like a genealogy thing and I read it one time and I cannot be sure, but I have a good feeling that Tim and I are maybe third cousins twice removed. 
I'm not completely clear, but it's a feeling that I have. We have overlapping family names on this genealogy chart that is a little suspect. And we really have nobody to ask to corroborate all of this. My, like, the patriarch of my family just died this past year at 102. Not even COVID could take him out. He had COVID two years ago and he, like, was still walking two miles. I mean, they don't make them like they used to. But I can't even ask him to, like, fact check this. And he basically died with, like, all the information, which, you know, I try to get as much information out of him whenever I would see him. I would, like, bombard him with questions. He's probably like, oh, that's what you were doing that for. But I can't be certain that we're not blood related, which is weird, but also like kind of nice. It kind of feels like, you know, they, they set us up in the old world and then they, you know, got on a boat and we're like, maybe the two will meet down the line. And that's kind of what happened. So we think we could get there and they could be like, you're not even Sicilian. And we'd be like, well, fuck our entire lives are a lie. But still, I cannot believe that we have not gone to Italy. Our wedding was supposed to be in Italy. I was so excited to take Tim to Italy. It's my favorite place in the world. I cannot believe that I have not been there in 10 years because when I was in college, I was going every year. I was there for weeks at a time. And then here we are. And then I haven't left the, I have not, oh, I've left the country to go to the Caribbean, but like I've not been to Europe in 10 years, which is my 22 year old self would just be so disappointed in that. I mean, she'd be mind blown that we live on a horse farm. Like that would just smack her upside the head. But the fact that we haven't been to Italy in 10 years would be very disappointing to her. So we're watching this and like seeing all of Sicily and being like, we have to actually do this. And like, it's one of those, we didn't even take a honeymoon yet. So maybe that's where we go on our honeymoon. But like, I feel like life just like happens and you got to like make the time. Neither of us are planners. So when will this happen? I don't know. I don't know. I'm going to have to do it. I know I can be a planner to get my ass to Italy, but I don't know when it's going to happen. Also, my God, we don't even have a backsplash or glass on our showers because it's out of the bouget. I'm not really sure where a trip to Italy comes into the mix here, but it's going to have to come before all of that because I'll take Italy over backsplashes and glass on our showers so that we can actually shower in them. It's funny. The other day, I should do a post on this. And just bear with me. My brain is all over the place. So just come with me on this windy, feverish episode of the podcast. But I get asked pretty often, and I feel like I need to clarify this and like, maybe I'll do a reel or something. There are like design features that we put in this house that we're very proud of. And then there's other ones that people believe are a design feature and actually are just running out of money. They are not intentional. Like we don't have a backsplash and people are like, oh my God, how chic. You don't have a backsplash. And it's like, actually, Carol, we we just didn't have it in in the budget. And actually it's like not that expensive. I mean, t- you could find inexpensive tile. It was just another decision that we couldn't make. We couldn't rub our two brain cells that we had left together to come up with a backsplash. That is what we wanted. At first I was like, you know what? I'm going to take the countertop and we're just going to smack it on the wall and that'll be that. And I was like, ooh, that's a little cold. This room is very white and stark and not a lot of warmth. I think it needs texture. And then, you know, it's been months, months. The the countertops have been in for months. Like we should have made this decision in the beginning of the year, but we didn't. So TBD on the backsplash. We also don't have a hearth. uh, Yeah, the, the like part that goes in front of the fireplace so that all the soot doesn't fly onto your hardwood floors that are brand new. We don't have that either. We need to get one of those. We also don't have a mantle. I think because I take pictures of the TV often, people are like, oh, where's your, I love that you did so sleek and 
mantle, no mantle. I love it. And I'm like, well, uh, thank you for loving it. Uh, I hate it because there should be a hunk of wood there, but there isn't. And again, another decision, another, someone's got to order it and someone doesn't want to do it. And like Tim will look at me, like we got to order a mantle. And what he's saying is you need to order a mantle and I will return it by saying we need to pick a mantle, meaning he needs to pick a mantle and order it. And then we just volley back and forth until, you know, 12 months later, we still don't have a mantle. Now the issue with the shower doors, I do get that question often, love the open air shower. I'm like, well, I'll have, you know, I've never showered in it because I tried to prove Tim wrong once and tell him that the water won't go everywhere. It does. It bounces and ricochets off your body like nobody's business. You will have water in the bedroom. That's how far it goes. You have no idea how far water can travel. So instead, Tim has basically Jimmy rigged a shower curtain in the other bathroom. I think I showed you guys this on Instagram. In the other bathroom, it's basically like a white shower rod being hung from the ceiling with like white chain link. Apparently everybody said, I won't even notice if you didn't say anything. I'm like, how is that not the first thing you see when you walk in? But I guess the eye doesn't travel up when it's that ugly. So that's what we're working with. Now, there are design features that we did do that I'm really proud of. Like we don't have doors on certain doors. We have pocket doors everywhere. There's like things that I, that I did I'm very proud of. These are not intentional. There's no pendants over the island. That is another big one. And that is actually intentional, but also like secretly because I couldn't fucking pick a pendant. But in reality, I didn't want anything to obstruct the view of the backyard. So there was like kind of a method to my madness, but I'm not a hundred percent sure it wasn't just like a good excuse. You know, you know, when like an excuse just like works really well that you're like, yeah, that was my, that was my first choice. And you're like, "Mm, was it though? It wasn't, but we have it powered so that we could eventually switch out the hi-hats. But what kills me is the fact that we don't have like the three points of lighting in our house. Like I hate overhead lights. They all have to be on a dimmer. If they're not on a dimmer, I will like lose my mind. I hate overhead lights. I like a soft light. I definitely don't like the lights to be on after like the sun goes down. Like I need a, I need a muted tone down. I need soft, warm lights. If any at all. My mom always yells at me. She's like, you like living in the darkness. And I'm like, well, I do because it sets my body up for sleep. Like I can't be one of these people that like lives in broad daylight and then goes to try to like be snug as a bug in a rug and not understand why. They can't fall asleep at night. I can't be that person. I need sleep like nobody's business. I need a solid eight hours or else I'm a nut job and I can't function and I won't focus. So I need the lights to be low. Right now I'm currently sitting in my office without a dimmer, which I'm about to have a full conversation with Tim about the fact that there is no dimmer on this office light. Like how do you expect me to work in such conditions? I don't understand. There needs to be a dimmer on these lights. How do you even, how do you even put in lights without a dimmer? It is like noon in here. If it wasn't pitch blackout, I would think that it is the middle of the damn day. So that's my stance on lights, but I don't really know how we got here. But the other show that I did start watching today was, is called Mind Your Manners. And it's basically like Queer Eye meets Stacey London. What was that show called? Stacey London show. Oh my God. What was that called? Somebody's like shouting it now and I'm so sorry. I can't hear you, but oh my God. Dress, closet, spin, something. Anyway, Stacey London with the soft gray highlight that she always rocked. She was just so proud of that one gray streak and just rocked it. Age, talk about age ambiguous. You had no idea how old she was. She could have been 65 or 35. You had no idea. But anyway, that's like kind of like the cross between because it's etiquette 
And then it's like makeovers or make unders or, you know, addressing your, your closet and all that. I love this stuff. I love a makeover. I love, you know why? Because I love watching people feel confident. Oh my God. If you could bottle that up and like sell it on the black market as like an illicit drug, I would be all about it. I just love watching people like see themselves for the first time. I think that's why I'm like attracted to skincare and makeup because nothing makes me happier than when someone sends me a picture of their skin with like acne and then like three weeks later, like perfectly clear. I cannot tell you guys. I tell everybody. I mean, I I don't say your name and I'm not like trying to put you on blast, but like I literally tell everybody. I'm like, oh my God. Oh my God. You'll never guess it. Cheryl, she had acne and now it's clear and she sees her face clear. I don't know if it's because I too have had acne and I know what a bitch it is to look at yourself and be like, that ain't me. I know I'm looking at myself, but like, that is not me. And then like makeup, makeup can literally transform anyone's confidence from like a little caterpillar to a beautiful butterfly. Makeup is magic. And people like hate on makeup and uh, as long as it's clean makeup, like I'm not about you like slapping on like all the toxic shit. You know what I'm talking about? You know, your makeup's still toxic. It's fine. We'll get there eventually, but I'm not talking about that stuff. Like good makeup that makes you feel good. That's good for your body, good for your health, good for your hormones. You were like glowing. You were glowing. Again, if you could bottle that up and sell it, I would be number one customer. That feeling when I see someone like just radiate, oh my God. If I could do, I got to figure out something. (laughs) Got to figure out something. I do. I figure it out. I work in skincare and makeup. Hello. But like she does a really good job on the show. So it's like manners, which we all need. And again, manners, people think etiquette can be stuffy. And I was talking about this on my Instagram story, but people think it can be stuffy and uppity and pretentious to have manners and understand etiquette. But I think of it differently. And I think this was my parents. Like you have to be able in this world to move in any room. And I mean like move, like be comfortable in any room. I mean, think about it. Think about how uncomfortable it is when you walk into a room and you feel like you don't belong. You probably feel like you don't belong because you lack confidence in some area. You either think these people are really fancy and they like know all these rules that I don't, or they know how to act and I don't, or they have something I don't. Once you realize that nobody knows what the fuck they're doing and you couple that with like good manners and proper etiquette, you, I mean, my God, you can like sell snow to an Eskimo. You could do anything. My mom taught me obviously manners and etiquette and so did my father. They were very good about that. I also think it's because I was an only child and my parents were divorced. I went to a lot of dinners as the only child. Like it would be an adult dinner. So I feel like I just, you pick up on a lot of things. That's why I'm not a real big fan of kids' tables. I never wanted to sit at the kids' table. I mean, there's probably like, you know, a therapy session in there about that. But like, I do think it's important for your kids to eat with you to like see because they emulate you. They like pick up what you're doing. But anyway, they taught me about this. And my mom was very big on this because of business meetings. Like you have to be able to have business meetings with the CEOs of huge companies and you've got to be comfortable. And she would always bring me on these like work dinners and everything. And I'm so grateful for that because there is not a room. I mean, okay, I'll never say never, but there most likely isn't a room that I could be in where I'm like, I don't know what they know. Maybe if it was like, I don't know. Maybe if it was like, um, there's definitely a, there's definitely one thing that I, not one thing, but one room that I would not be comfortable in. But I feel like I'm a chameleon and I can adapt. You gotta like look around. You've gotta be like Jack Dawson 
You got to find someone that you can connect eyes with that will tell you work from the outside in. I mean, to be fair, that is where I think I learned my initial etiquette of how to use 17,000 forks. It was Kathy Bates in Titanic saying, you start with the outside and you work in. So I'm pretty sure that that's like a generational thing. So that's, that's probably like where it starts and stops for us as far as like learning etiquette. Like that was it. It was like a four second clip in a major motion picture. But then also going to a bunch of weddings. I remember the first time I learned the B and the D trick, you know, when you make, you know, when you make like an A-OK sign and then you put all your fingers together and the B side is the bread side and the D side is the drink. I still do that when I go to a wedding. I'm like, what the fuck? Where's my bread? Where's my drink? You know, like little, little tips like that. I follow this other woman, Mika Meyer. She's on Instagram and she like, I think used to run classes at the Plaza Hotel in, in the city. And she has great tips also. And again, like you're not going to use every tip. You know, it's not like life or death. If you stir your coffee in a circle or your tea in a circle and not up and down, you know, it's not the end of the world if you clink your drink. But like some of these things are good to know. It's just good to have in your back pocket when, if and when needed, that you were invited to dinner with um, the queen, which is that Camilla now? Is Camilla the queen? No, she can't be. She's not blood. She's the princess, duchess. Isn't Kate the duchess? I don't know how that works. But in case you're invited to dinner with them, you know, not that you need to impress them because who the fuck are they? But you know how to move in the room. You know how to have tea. You know how to like eat your meal in a way that they won't be like, oh, this fucking American, you know? Not that they would say that because I feel like that's not proper etiquette, but you know what I mean? Like they, you know, people already think some type of way about Americans. It's like my favorite thing is to prove people wrong. So it's like, oh, watch me eat this little tea sandwich like a damn boss. That's the energy I'm going for. So I do think that the episodes are good. They're like quick. They're like 20 minutes. And funny story is my mom and the host of the show used to work together at a, an investment bank like years ago. So I actually met Sarah Jane Ho and I follow her on Instagram and she has great tips too. So definitely follow her. But again, it's not like to be super stuffy. It's just confidence. It's total confidence because think about it. You go to a wedding, you know, who feels comfortable at a formal dining table, you know, and you know, who doesn't, and you know, the person who doesn't, it's like, this is the other thing if, and this is something I don't understand. So just follow me here for a second. If you don't know something, or if you're uncomfortable somewhere, or if there's something that you're curious about, why don't people Google things? This is what fascinates me. I Google almost anything. I Google things in the middle of a conversation if I don't know what they're talking about. And it's like impolite to interrupt and ask, what the fuck does that mean? I will Google it right there under the table and be like, oh, that's what that means. I don't know. Maybe this this is probably like a like a defense mechanism though, again, probably another therapy session, but like, I don't understand that. Tim and I, Tim gets so mad at me because he'll say things out loud and be like, I wonder what blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, you know, who would know Google, Google would know. We don't live in an age where we have to wonder anymore, which could be a bad thing and could be a very good thing. But this blows my mind when people, I know you're nodding your head because you know, people like this, but like, why doesn't anybody Google anymore? Like if we have the world at our fingertips, if we wanted to know what happened to the people of Pompeii, and I'm just thinking about that because that's, I'm watching stuff about Sicily. We could look it up. If there's ever anything that we're curious about, we can just Google it. 
You want to know how to do makeup a certain way? You can Google it. You want to know what pants look best on you? You can Google it. You want to know how to sip your tea properly? You can Google it. It's incredible. You want to know what the difference between a black tie, a white tie, a cocktail attire? I mean, I screwed everybody up at my wedding. I said creative cocktail and basically lit the world on fire, but everybody understood the assignment. But I'm just saying like things are Googleable. And I feel like sometimes people don't, don't remember that enough. So if we can make a movement for people to just get back to Google, I think, I think we might be much better off. But anyway, that was like a totally rogue tangent. Watch Mind Your Manners if you have time. It's great. It's entertaining. I love, again, like a transformation story. The one kid is really awkward though. I'm not sure if, if she really got through to him. It was, it was trying there for a moment, but definitely good for some laughs. And I hope he's out there living his best life, doing whatever it is that he does. <laughs> you just have to watch it to understand. But anyway, that's what I'm watching while I am fighting off this godforsaken virus. To be fair, I don't even think I felt like, I mean, when I had COVID last December, I was just knocked on my ass for two weeks. I kind of had this like body aches and malaise, but this isn't that. So I don't really know. Apparently there's just like some rogue virus going around. And I'm like, oh, really? Oh, okay. And we're all just like, yeah, that's fine. Some people do have COVID. Some people have the flu. Some people have this anonymous bug, but I'm hoping that I wake up tomorrow and feel immaculate. I hope I am speaking that over my life before I go to bed tonight, that tomorrow is my day and I will seize it and I will feel so much better. And then I will have kicked this thing in two days. And then I won't be so mad at my immune system as I am right now, because I'm like really pissed. Even though the cards were stacked against us, everybody got sick. We had it coming. We had six people cancel on us for Friendsgiving, like the day before because they were sick. So Tim literally was like, we're going to get sick. We're inviting 20 people. We're going to have 20 people at our house. We're all going to be like hugging and kissing and holding babies and shaking hands and doing whatever, sharing whatever the hell. That makes it sound like a very odd event, but you know what I mean? So like, it was a matter of not if, but when. So we kind of rolled the dice on our own on that one. And now we're paying the price, but it was worth it. I'll take it. I'll take it. A Saturday with my friends, a couple of days being sick could be worse. We do have things to do. We have a wedding to go to, but I am so happy that amidst my feverish, incapacitated, general malaise and fatigue that I actually got up here and recorded something that again, not my best work, really not sure what you picked up from this, but I'm just glad that you're listening. And more importantly, I did this for me, not you, because your girl is nothing but inconsistent. So the fact that I can be consistent with this is like a pat on my back. And also my brain is working. My brain is not the problem. Somehow the inflammation is all over the rest of my body, but my brain is still firing, hopefully on like most of the cylinders, not all, but most. So on that, I'm going to leave you there. Hopefully you don't get sick, but if you do, you can binge watch the three shows that I just talked about. And if you're sick while you're listening to this, Godspeed sister, we'll get through it. And I will see you next week and I will not be stuffy and I will not sound this raspy and we will carry on with our lives. So until then, love you.